Welcome everybody to Balls Don't Lie. On today's episode, we get into my sports fandom misery. As of late, we're going to talk Kentucky basketball. We're going to talk about the Bears. And if that's my misery, I also would like to share a little bit more about where I'm finding solace in my old friend, the NBA. All that after a short word from our sponsor. Welcome in everybody to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Regular Steven. Thank you all for joining me today. Just wanted to say the podcast has been a little slow as of late due to an unexpected health emergency in the family. I have been otherwise uh, left with little to no time. So, you know, holidays are here. That's got everybody running around. It's been a very hectic time. School for me is starting on January 6th, so I've been trying to wrap up some things with that. But I did want to jump on here for a little while, give you a short podcast about some things that are happening recently, some things that have already happened a week ago. I've not touched on the Bears in a little while, so I'm going to do that. We're also going to talk about Kentucky basketball and the sad state that they are in, you know, according to me. Uh, And then I want to talk a little bit about the NBA and how I'm enjoying this season because it's been absolutely awesome. Before we get into all that, like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Review, if that's applicable, on that app that you listen to podcasts. Interact with the show on Twitter, at BallsDon'tLivePod. That's Balls with a Z. Twitter has been Twitter's been blowing up a little bit. Followers are rising. Interaction is rising. It's been a lot of fun. The more you guys interact with the show, the more we're able to interact with people. That makes it that much better. On Spotify or any of the other platforms that you listen to podcasts, in the show description, there is a link. On that link, you can leave a voicemail to the show where we can talk and interact and maybe answer your questions, or you can just tell us how bad we are, how stupid our opinions are. That's okay. There's also a link where you can donate to the show if you're feeling so inclined. Whatever it is, we appreciate your interaction. Now... Let's get into the most recent of things because I want to talk about Kentucky basketball and give my co- give a couple thoughts on other things that are going on in college basketball in general and just my general feeling on college basketball because I find myself in a very weird place right now with the sport, a place that I've never found myself before, and I'm trying to figure out what exactly is causing that to take place. So let me first get to the Kentucky game. Kentucky loses to Utah out in Vegas. 11 p.m. start time, Eastern time. Give me a break. That was miserable to stay up for. And now that they lost that game, I'm even more angry that I stayed up for it. Give me a break. Kentucky loses 69 to 66. It really wasn't even that close, you guys. Utah with a team with 10 freshmen, two sophomores, and one tiny little teenager point guard. That guy looked 12 years old. And Kentucky could not do anything. At one point, Kentucky in the second half is down by 17. 17? Give me a break. Give me a break. A team full of McDonald's All-Americans that starts a junior Nick Richards, three sophomores, and a freshman is out here losing to Utah, getting run off the court by Utah. 
And no disrespect to Utah and their 10 freshmen, but they don't have the same freshmen that we have. That should never happen. That should never happen. What happened Wednesday night should never happen to Kentucky. Make no mistake about it. I don't care about any of the circumstances surrounding it. I don't care that our team hasn't gelled. You can't use that excuse when you're playing a less talented, younger team than you. You can't use that excuse. And to Cal's credit, he didn't. He said they got outplayed and outcoached. Well, that can't happen either. I'm sorry, but after losing to Evansville, which is the most embarrassing loss that they've I've that I've I'm trying to remember in my lifetime of Kentucky basketball, and I had to go back to like thinking about the Gillespie years when they lost to Gardner Webb. Because that was that was just such a low point for the program in my life. You know, I was really young, like baby, when the whole cheating thing with Eddie Sutton, okay? But in my lifetime, the, the Billy Gillespie years were the worst. Those were the worst. That was the lowest point in Kentucky basketball for me in my life. I'm 33 years old. The lowest point that I can remember. And I'm not saying anything about this Cal Perry tenure has been low. I love Cal Perry. Everybody knows that. I'm a huge supporter of his. But I also am getting tired of what's going on with the program right now. Getting tired of it. It does get exhausting having new faces. It does get exhausting. The last three years, we haven't been able to enjoy basketball until late February or March and then into the tournament because it's taken the teams that long to gel that long to learn how to play basketball together and it's not just youth last year we had a you know relatively experienced team when you compare it to some of the other teams that we've had at Kentucky it's starting to get exhausting and when those inadequacies on the roster and just being able to be you know they're not gelling they're not they don't have time to gel and I get that I get all of that but when that's resulting in losing to Evansville, which should never ever happen, I don't care anything. I don't care that Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin. I don't care. My barometer for what Kentucky basketball is is not compared to other schools and what's happening with them. That's not how this is judged in Kentucky. And I'm not in Kentucky, but that's not how we do this as Kentucky fans. We are spoiled. I know there's college basketball fans around the country with programs that would kill to have the kind of success that we have at Kentucky. But again, it's not about them. The standard is different here. The standard is different, and right now, it's not up to par. It's not up to par, and it's kind of perplexing. Coming into the season, Cal Perry said this was going to be his best three-point shooting team. Where's the disconnect here? Because they've actually so far been the worst. They've been the worst. They went 2 of 17 from 3 against Utah, compared to Utah's 8 of 15. That's a recipe to lose a game. Kentucky is 20, shooting 27.5% 20, from three on the year. 
27.5% from three. That ranks 326th nationally. That's horrible. That's horrible. The weird thing is it's actually his best free throw shooting team since he's been here, which has been a bugaboo of some of our teams. Some of our best teams. This is his best free throw shooting team. This should be his best shooting team. You look around the court, they have some shooters. They have got the results don't seem to match the talent, the shooting talent that's on the team. Why that is, I don't know. Cal says he doesn't know either, which isn't that comforting. But I think what he's alluding to is at some point, guys just have to go make shots. They have to just go out and make some shots. He's not out there missing shots for them. It's weird. It's really weird. The times have changed in college basketball. The three-point line obviously is the biggest equalizer. The other thing about that game... I'm not saying this has anything to do with why Kentucky lost. This should never be a factor when you're playing a young team like Utah. But the referees are absolutely horrible. Officiating in college basketball has been horrible. It's gone down, I don't, years, I'm thinking. Thinking back to some of the calls and how college basketball has gone through some rule changes and things like that. And it's just been horrible ever since. It's been absolutely horrible. It makes the game really hard to watch at times. Some of the calls that they miss, they just don't, it's just not good. And that's across sports, it seems like. Officiating has been getting worse and worse. But it's no different in college basketball. And it's just really making the game hard to watch. And I compare that to a game like the NBA, which is much more aesthetically pleasing for a number of reasons. But some of those reasons are the rules. The college game is just so bogged down. No three, no three seconds in the key on defense. So you can just clog down the lane. The block charge rule is just something that they, the officials never get right. I mean, it's, just, it's and it's a hard rule to officiate. It really is. I understand. But there's some egregious ones that they're missing. I mean, it's just, it's just not fun to watch. It's not as aesthetically pleasing as watching like a good NBA game. College basketball has not been as interesting to me this year. Part of that, I think, is just the wearing on me of what's happening with Kentucky. Yes, by the end of the year, I know. I'm not freaking out grand scheme on the season. By the end of the year, Kentucky, along with all the other teams that are losing, are you know they're going to be a team that, that has a chance to win the national championship. I understand that. I know this sounds so spoiled. I get it. I get it. But like I said, this isn't compared to other programs. That's not how this works at Kentucky. We're not sitting around wondering, well, but other teams are losing too. That's not how it works. I'm fine losing games. There's no way Kentucky should be losing to Evansville and then also a a younger than Kentucky-Utah team. That just shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. Not the way that it did. Absolutely not. Kentucky plays Ohio State this weekend. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I have no confidence in this in this going into this game. Why would I? I could easily see Kentucky winning this game. I mean, all they have to do is make some shots. They don't lose to uh, Utah if they can just make some threes. 
can they make some threes? That's the question. I mean, I don't know. There's gonna they've had games so far this year where they've they've shot the three well. The problem is when they're not shooting it well, they're just like, whoa. A number of performances this year. One for ten, two for fourteen, two for seventeen. Like, come on. Come on. It's not acceptable. I'm tired of this. Tired of this stuff. Tired of hearing the same old mumbo jumbo from Cal. The same old excuses. The same old thing. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Losing last year to Duke, getting blown out in the first game, deflated the whole season. Made it to the Elite Eight. They should have made it further. They lost to a tiny Auburn team. The same thing that comes back to bike Kentucky in key moments always is the same thing. It's always three-point shooting. Some team shoots well against us from three. We don't. We lose. That's been their bugaboo really since Cal's been there, going all the way back to the John Wall team that lost in the Elite Eight to West Virginia. That John Wall team was the best team in the country. Duke won the championship that year. Duke was not that good. Kentucky was the best team in the country. And they shot something like, you know, four or five of like 30. There's something crazy from three against West Virginia up in the dome where Syracuse plays. Lost. Blew it. Last year's team gets beat by a smaller Auburn team. You can go back and look at any of the losses. It's just not shooting well. Whether it's free throws, three-pointers, whatever it is. I know they'll be there at the end, but this is just so hard to watch. Offensively, there's just nothing happening. Nothing happening. Cal has to have a longer leash with the three-point shooters on the squad because it kind of seems like they go in there, and if they're not making shots, he just pulls them. And they don't see the court again. That's going to make any shooter uptight. Basketball is not a game that you can play uptight. You have to have a little leash there. You have to know if I miss my first two shots, I'm not coming out for the rest of the game. So they got to figure it out. Hopefully they can get a win versus Ohio State. Some other topics in college basketball. James Wiseman's leaving Memphis. He was set to come back in early January. I am not sure the motivation behind leaving. You'd have to ask him. Seems to me like it would have been nice if he came back and played the rest of the year with his team. A team that's showing a lot of promise without him. You add him to that team. You're looking at a a team that can make a run in the tournament. But he leaves. Interesting place in college basketball right now. I think you're going to see more of this. I think you could see more of this with the G League trying to get ramped up. I think you can see more of these guys. You're starting to see it now. Some of these guys going to Europe, Australia, New Zealand, wherever they're going for these pro leagues to skip college basketball for a season, play uh, play in a professional league and make money while they do it to get ready for the NBA draft as opposed to playing college. If college doesn't catch up quick, if college doesn't start paying these players, if college isn't going to you know get on board with that, I think you're going to start seeing this. There's no reason for these kids to go out and risk injury. It's not benefiting them. If Zion Williamson didn't go to Duke, if Zion Williamson had played somewhere else, like Europe or wherever, he'd still have been the number one pick. 
His brand was helped by going to a school like Duke, being on national TV all the time. But that's all ESPN, that's all these companies care about is the big stars. Duke is not featured on ESPN. All you could hear about last year was Duke. Duke this, Duke that, Duke everything. Duke on every game on TV, just like Kentucky, but it's just they were the main headline. And, you know, rightfully so with, with the team that they had last year with Zion, with R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. Those are some good players, some exciting players. That was that next level athlete that we're talking about. Those are the guys that Kentucky used to get, the John Walls, the Anthony Davises. Those are the guys that Kentucky used to get. They're not getting those guys anymore, and those are the headline. Those guys are going to be the story. If you don't have those guys, the, the sport suffers. If you start seeing a number of the top, I know Matt Jones, uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, put out a tweet about this, um, just talking about the same exact thing. If you start to see this be a trend, if the NCAA is not going to get on board quick enough with paying these players, and once that rule goes away, where the one and done is not a rule anymore, that's an NBA rule, if the NBA takes that rule off the table, It makes it so that these kids can leave out of high school and go straight to the NBA or straight to the G League or straight to, you know, they can already go to Europe. But the G League option could be something that's intriguing to these guys. You get in there, you start making money, you're already with an NBA program. You don't have to waste your time going to class. You just get to train all day, every day, and that's what they want to do anyways. So if you're not going to get on board paying these guys, the sport could be in trouble. Sport could be in trouble. I've lost interest in college basketball. It doesn't seem as fun. The product's not as good. The fact that you have coaches that have been caught on wiretap cheating that are still coaching, just like nothing's going on, and you have to watch ESPN, and you have to hear these announcers praising these coaches. No one has the guts to just come out and say, Bill Self is a cheating liar. Sean Miller is a cheating liar. Will Wade at LSU is a cheating liar. Mike Krzyzewski's a cheating liar. There's plenty of other ones. If it was found out that Kentucky was doing, I would be pretty surprised just because I think Cal has been so careful. It's also not a coincidence that when all of this stuff, the timeline with all this Adidas stuff and all this stuff is coming out, you're starting to read back on the timeline. It seems, it seems to correlate with when we stopped getting all the elite players. So, I don't know. Not that this stuff hasn't always been going on, but the most recent things that have come out, the timeline of them seems to date back to around when Kentucky stopped getting all the top players. And we've recruited a lot of kids. We've recruited a lot of these kids that have gone to other schools and eventually have been tied up in some of this stuff, and they don't come to Kentucky. It would seem weird to me if we were getting the players that are involved in getting paid. I think Cal is very careful about that, but what do I know? He could be doing it. I'm not trying to throw stones, but there's guys that have been already caught on wiretap. What do you want me to say? Cal wasn't on wiretap talking about payments for players. (laughs) What? (laughs) These guys are out here blatantly cheating and just saying, well, whatever. It's annoying. It's annoying. The NCAA has lost its appeal for me. Let me move on to the next thing. I got a little long-winded there. Chicago Bears, 7-7, dropped to the Green Bay Packers. Now we're in evaluation mode. Playoff chances are done. Starting to see that round into shape. Trubisky, just too many off-target throws in that game against Green Bay. Just too many. 
Big games, you just, I don't trust them in big games. I don't think Green Bay's that good. I don't, I, I would expect next year for them to have a similar season like the one we're having this year. You can easily see how they could not have the record that they have. I just don't think they're as good as their record. Not when you watch them, it's weird. I mean, you gotta do something to win the games, but man, they just don't seem that good. Because I don't think the Bears are very good. And Green Bay just doesn't seem to be able to blow us off the field. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not seeing it. But that makes me feel worse about the Bears. Again, with the defense. Guys, the defense did its job all year. The defense did its job all year. They allowed more than 24 points one time. They ranked third in the NFL in points allowed. They ranked 26 in the NFL for points scored. Did they have all the turnovers this year that they caused last year? No. Were the sack numbers there that they had last year? Nope. They had way more injuries this year. Akeem Hicks was out from a good portion of the year from the London game until this game against Green Bay. Roquan Smith has had some issues. They've had their issues with injuries on the defensive side, but they've still been very good. They've still been very good because, and and I keep hearing on Twitter and people keep saying, well, It's not about the amount of points they give up. It's about when they give them up. It's about when they give them up. What about late in the game when they just need to get a stop and they can't do it and that could cost us the game? That's fine. I get it. Yes, it certainly can be, if you want it to be, about when they give up the points. But if the offense was doing anything, the defense is not in that position as often. The offense has not contributed to the season. (laughs) <laughs> these last these last couple weeks, Dallas, Detroit, you know, some of these games, okay, fine. The offense looked fine. But for the most part this year, the, 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 <laughs> the offense has not participated. They've been absolutely embarrassing. Trubisky, for the most part, has been embarrassing. <laughs> it's just not, it's not good. It's not good. So now the Bears are in evaluation mode, which can be fun in itself. We'll see how Trubisky does these last couple games. I mean, I don't. If the front office doesn't come to the conclusion they have to go get another quarterback at least to compete with Trubisky, then I don't. I don't know what to tell them. I mean, if if they just decide that they're gonna ride this out and just think that Trubisky is going to improve, and they just see that the, you know, it's, I, I, it's gonna be real hard to get excited about next year. I mean, I, I don't know how you do that to the fan base. I really don't. We got to this point with uh, Jay Cutler at the same, you know, kind of same kind of way where it's like, okay, it's just apparent this guy needs to go. This is not going to work. If they don't come to that conclusion, I'm not sure. I'm not real sure what they're watching. I don't know. It would seem pretty irresponsible for these guys whose jobs are on the line, like Pace, Nagy. Their jobs are basically tied to how Trubisky does. If they decide to keep him for another year and not bring a competition, if it doesn't work, they're done too. It seems like you'd have to bring in a quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, and Cordero Patterson. Uh, Patterson voted to the Pro Bowl. Uh, Mack and Patterson, sure. Jackson, whatever. Uh, Allen Robinson should have been there. Allen Robinson's having a really great year. Should be in the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. Should be in the Pro Bowl. So, uh, Bears got the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Interesting enough, it did not get uh, flexed out of that Sunday Night slot. Another Bears game on national TV. I'm sure everybody's super excited to watch this Bears offense on national TV. 
So, anyways, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to touch on the NBA a little bit because after all of this misery, there is some solace that I'm finding in sports fandom, and it resides in the NBA. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Balls Don't Lie. All right, let's talk a little bit about the NBA. To me, the NBA is in a great place right now. I know the ratings are down. I'm not really sure there's a lot of reasons for that. We talked about this on our last NBA quarterly report uh, that me and Anton did last week. I encourage all of you to go back and take a listen to that. Also encourage you guys to take a listen to Anton's Steelers episodes any episodes really that he does because he has some funny intros he puts a lot of uh, creative thought into those and they always have me cracking up so if anything even if you're not a Steelers fan or a Lakers fan it's worth checking those out just to hear what intro that man is putting on these podcasts because it's a lot funnier than anything I'm doing and I really enjoy it but we talked about on our NBA podcast about how the ratings are down and we kind of gave some thoughts maybe on what you know, if we, if let's put it this way, if we knew the answer to that question, we'd probably not be doing podcasts. We'd probably be working for the NBA because I'm not sure they exactly know the answers to the questions uh, about why. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, theories out there on things, you know, people going to streaming versus cable, the Warriors not being good, the fact that there's no super team, the fact there's a bunch of all-stars, most of the best players play on the West Coast, the Knicks, you know, you have some large markets that aren't very competitive like the Knicks, you know, there's there's a lot of theories on why the ratings are down, none of it really matters to me because the NBA to me is in a better place than it's been in a long time, and it's been fun to watch. And I've just really found my solace there with, you know, with Kentucky struggling and being frustrating as hell and with the Bears season going to crap, you know, it's (laughs) the NBA has been a lot of fun. So last night you had Bucks Lakers, which I was very looking forward to. It was a blowout for most of the game. One of my favorite things about the NBA, though, when you have two good teams playing each other until late in the game, games just aren't out of reach. The NBA points can be scored so quickly with how good these guys are, how short the shot clock is, all that stuff. Pace of play, the points just come in bunches. So even if you're down, you know, in that first half, uh, I think, I feel like the score got up to about 20, uh, a 20-point spread there where Milwaukee looked like, okay, well, they could run away with it. And if it was college basketball, yeah, that'd be the case. But Lakers were able to just chip away. They just kept chipping away. They were able to get it to single digits by the end of the third quarter. It was a really fun game to watch. Uh, one of the things I came away from or came away with from watching that game was Giannis right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo was just on a different level. He's, just, he's taking his game to that place where he's just on a different level. Part of that involves his three-point shooting. Uh, he, made, he went five of eight from three last night. That's just, for that guy to be doing that, there's really just nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You have to give him that shot because if he drives to the basket, eh, good luck. Good luck. He does have areas where he needs to improve his game. Okay, look, the mid-range shooting and then his free throw shooting, there's there's definitely room for improvement there, no doubt about it. But the thing that's scary about Giannis is the way this guy seems to be wired, the way he functions, the way he uh, just seems to have that desire to be the best. It's not... I mean, he's, I, I have no doubt that he's going to eventually add the mid-range and the better free throw shooting to his repertoire. 
I just had no doubt about it. And even if he never did, you're talking about the best player on the planet right now. The best player on the planet. Love LeBron. He's one of the best players ever to play. Best player of my lifetime. And with the, even with as well as LeBron is playing right now in his 17th season, he looks way younger than I ever would have expected at this point in his career. Playing at a very high level. His intelligence of the game is helping him, but even his body, he looks good. The explosiveness isn't quite there, but he's still explosive. You know, that's relative. But right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the world. The best player in the world. Last night, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Like I said, 5 of 8 from 3. That Milwaukee Bucks team is very good. Very good. I'm just interested to see, come playoff time, and this gets to the 2021 question with Giannis and why I'm excited that, you know, I know everybody's going to be trying to angle their way to put themselves in a position where they can sign Giannis in 2021, but I'm excited for the Heat to do so because they have a team that he would probably want to join. His mentality really fits in with the Heat culture and kind of how they think of things. It seems like it would be a match made in heaven. That aside, what this reminds me of a little bit, and we'll see, it, I need a, we need a larger sample size to, to like for me to really say this comfortably. Um, but what it's starting to look like and what I, I could see happening is this is kind of like LeBron when he was in Cleveland before he ever went to Miami, where those Cleveland teams, even though he was surrounded by nobody, uh, you know, they were still winning 60 plus games. They just couldn't get it done against some of the better teams in the playoffs where you got to win four games and they can just clue in on LeBron and just make it hard. And then everybody else has to do it. And that's what could happen again with this Bucks team. I think this Bucks team is actually better than those Cleveland teams that LeBron was on. I'm just watching them. Um, but come playoff time, when you got to win four out of seven and you need that one guy to carry you all of those games and there's a familiarity there, you're talking about teams in your conference that you've played four times already in the regular season. Man. It's tough. It's tough to do it that way in today's NBA when you're running up against some teams with multiple stars. Now, the good thing for Giannis is over in the East, that's not really where the two-headed combos or the two-headed monsters really reside. That's more in the West Coast. I mean, you do have Simmons and Embiid in, in Philly, which seems like would be a tough matchup for Milwaukee, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but... You know, when you look at the Celtics, that's more a, a sum of all their parts. You look at Miami, same thing, some of their parts. Um, they're teams with just kind of the one the one guy. And even when you look at Boston, if you want to count, you know, whatever, Kimball Walker as that guy. I mean, they seem to have a number of high-level players, but maybe not even necessarily that superstar. Um, but they're still a very good team, very well coached. I think, uh, you know, I think they could match up with Milwaukee a little. Um, but, but you know, then you start looking at other teams. I think the Raptors are not as quite as good as they're – I think they're going to come back to the pack. They've been a surprisingly good team for, you know, after losing Kawhi. But um, I don't really throw the Raptors in there. I think they're like a, you know, maybe fifth, sixth place team. I'm holding judgment on the Pacers just because there's no Victor Oladipo. But they've been surprisingly good and without Oladipo. So we'll, we'll see what they look like once they get him back. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the what the Bucks do. I could see how this team could be 
you know, again, one of those teams where you have the best player on the planet like those Cleveland teams did with LeBron, but they're just not able to get over the hump in the playoffs. But so far, so good. The Bucks take over the best record in basketball. They're 25-4 and four now. You got the Lakers dropped to 24-5. and five. The other cool thing about this game last night, it was the latest matchup in a season at this point in the season where both teams had four or less losses. The latest point in the season where two teams have played with four or less losses. So that was pretty cool last night. It ended up being a really good game uh, towards the end there. And either way, even though it wasn't necessarily close in score, it was still entertaining. Uh, Because when you're watching on the same court, Giannis, Anthony Davis, and LeBron, if you're not entertained by that, I'm not really sure if you're a basketball fan. It's really hard if you're not entertained by the best players in the world. Anthony Davis, 36 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 5 assists, 3 blocks. He was plus 6 on the night. One of the things I've noticed about him, his 3-point shooting looks really bad. And I'm not sure if that's just a recent uh, development. He's shooting 30% on the year. But it's not even about the percentage to me as much as like it just doesn't look very comfortable. Uh, his last two seasons in New Orleans, he shot 34%. And then also in the in his last season, he shot 33% uh, from three. And so 30% isn't a far cry away from that, but it just it doesn't look comfortable. I remember watching him in New Orleans when he was starting to develop the three a little bit more, and it just looked a lot more comfortable coming out of his hands. He doesn't seem like he has confidence in that shot right now. Uh, if he gets confidence in that shot and starts knocking those down, then you're, then you're taking it to another level. Uh, but last night, I believe he was something like 0 for 6 from 3. And it just some of them were wide open, and they just weren't really particularly close. Uh, LeBron didn't – man, I don't know. It, <laughs> I was about to say didn't really play that well. It didn't seem like he really – it didn't seem like he really did play that well. It, it's so weird to say that because he finished with a, <laughs> with a triple-double. Uh, 21 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Nah, I don't know. But it just, <laughs> it just didn't seem like it was – necessarily the bronze night i mean that just says something maybe to how good he is but he just didn't uh seem to be that comfortable or something i'm not i'm not real sure he just seemed a little off but uh you know he was he was the only player in the lakers uh, starting lineup that had a negative plus minus he was minus 14 so yeah i don't know the <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to say that with a triple double but uh he didn't you know i think that game looks a little different if lebron plays well uh, even though he had the triple-double. I think uh, I think that was kind of part of what was happening last night. Uh, but if Giannis is going to be dropping threes like that, good luck, everybody else. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, he's just on a different level. The night game last night was Rockets-Clippers. I did not stay up for the entire game. I watched the first half. It was too late. Uh, those those West Coast games starting that late are just it's too much for me at this point uh, for a regular season game. It's kind of hard to stay up for those. But the first half was pretty entertaining. Clippers looked pretty solid. Uh, last night, Westbrook and Harden really went off, though. Uh, and if they're clicking at the same time, it's it's tough. It's tough. Uh, Westbrook, uh, 40, 40 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, yeah, James Harden, 28 points, uh, 10 assists, 8 of 16 shooting, 5 of 11 from 3. Uh, you had over on the on the Clippers side of things. You had Kawhi with 25, 9, and 4, and Paul George at 34 and 9 with uh, on 6 to 12 shooting uh, from deep. Interesting there. Okay, I, not sure what to make of it. Really, it's not much. It's a regular season game. Other than if Westbrook and Harden are going to be on like that, you could be talking about a team that could do some damage in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to come out of the West. I don't really think. I just. It, I don't think they're the Rockets are in a seven-game series. They're not as good as the Lakers, and they're not as good as the Clippers. But for a couple games here and there, yeah, you can see. Westbrook and Harden, obviously, really tough to stop. But what I'm excited about is 
what this leads into with Christmas, okay, in the NBA. Because Christmas Day games are always fun. There's no other sports on. It's just NBA. The Christmas is kind of NBA's day. That's when everybody seems to, uh, you know, the casual fans and everybody starts checking out of football a little bit as the playoffs get a little closer. College basketball is, you know, doing what it's doing. This is not necessarily a fun time for college basketball. You do have, you know, conference play starting, and there are some other games like, you know, you know it's big games. Kentucky plays Louisville around New Year's. But in general, this is kind of when the NBA takes off around Christmas. So the slate of games, you have Celtics at Raptors, good game. You have Bucks at 76ers, and that's a game I really want to see. I want to see how those two teams match up with each other. See how the 76ers are like the tallest team I've ever seen. They're super long. They cause a lot of problems for people on the on the defensive end. I think by the end of the year, they could be one of the best defensive teams in the league if they want to be. Shooting is going to be an issue all year for the 76ers, but defensively, they can just be uh, absolutely smothering. They're just so long. And it seems like that might be what you need with a team like Milwaukee with a guy like Giannis. But we'll see uh, how that matches up. I'm just curious. I'm just curious about that one. Uh, Rockets at Warriors. That would be a better game if Steph Curry was healthy. Uh, Clippers at Lakers is the fourth game on the day, and that I'm super excited for. It's at, in air quotations, uh, at the Lakers. So they'll have the Lakers court on the floor in Staples Center there, and that should be an exciting one to see how those two teams match up. First time they played, Paul George was not playing yet. Clippers did take care of business, but the Lakers weren't what they are now either. So that'll be an interesting, interesting one to see. Uh, then you have Pelicans at Nuggets, and obviously this game, Nuggets have been disappointing compared to what a lot of people thought they would be, and then obviously with no Zion, uh, the Pelicans have been absolutely atrocious. They've, uh, they're have they a 7-win team right now, and uh, the talent on the on the Pelicans roster shouldn't, should they should not be a 7-win team, they should be better than that, and I'm not saying they should be good, but there's no excuse for them being a 7-win team, they've been really horrible on defense, um, just... I, you know, so that's kind of a clunker. I, I just the Pelicans had a lot of nationally televised games this year. All of that was due to Zion Williamson, and we don't know. I don't know if Zion's going to play this year. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of people that are of the mindset that he should just sit out for the rest of the season, which I'm not in that mindset. I just don't see why, if you're healthy, you don't play. So if they can get him to a point where he's comfortable, it sounds like they're training him. Uh, in some of his rehab, they're also simultaneously trying to get weight off of him, which is not a surprise. Uh, but, you know, I understand them wanting to be extra careful with that player because this is their ticket. They messed up the whole Anthony Davis situation. Now they've got to redo with Zion if they mess that up. You know, it's going to be hard for hard for them to attract players. It really is. It's going to be hard anyways. It's New Orleans. I just... I don't think they're thought of in a very positive light around the league. But anyways, so you have those games. So the games I'm most excited for, really, Bucks 76ers. Celtics-Raptors will be a good game. Uh, but Bucks 76ers, Rockets-Warriors. Rockets-Warriors is only entertaining because you, you never know. James Harden might drop 60, and that can make that game entertaining. And then Clippers-Lakers highlights it. I probably will not watch Pelicans-Nuggets because... Ugh. But anyways, that's where I'm finding solace, you guys, is in the NBA, I think it's been... A lot of fun. It's just been a lot of fun. I think the league is in a good place. I think when you have teams like Milwaukee with superstars coming up in smaller markets, it makes it fun. Aside from wanting Giannis to join the Heat in 2021, uh, you know, it, it, look, it'd be cool if he stayed in a place like Milwaukee. 
it'd be cool. It's good for the league, I think, when the small market teams are able to hold on to their guys, which hasn't happened recently. They just haven't been able to hold on to those guys. Uh, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City held on to Westbrook for a long time before he was uh, basically wanted out. But, you know, if Giannis could stay his whole career in a place like Milwaukee, which seems like he just seems like kind of a different guy. He doesn't necessarily uh, seem to want to team up with anybody or, you know, he kind of just goes about it on his own. And and so I could see Milwaukee being his thing and him just kind of wanting to do it there, do it there no matter what. But if I will tell you this, if they get to a point where the next two years they, they bow out in the playoffs, don't make the finals, don't win a championship, nobody will understand Cleveland more than LeBron, okay? LeBron was from Cleveland. Nobody wanted to stay with the, if there, if there was a superstar that was ever going to stay in a less than desirable franchise, it would have been LeBron and Cleveland. But these guys are hyper competitive. They want to win more than anything. More than anything, they want to win. So if in two years Giannis is thinking that they're just not able to put the pieces around me, I could see him leaving. I could see him leaving. I wouldn't blame him for it. These guys worked their whole life to get to the the peaks of winning and, and feel that joy of winning a championship. And when you're a player of that caliber, you should win a championship. I mean, you really should. You really should. I mean, they have a team this year that makes it interesting because they're not going to have to go up against any big threes or super teams. So I think this year they have a better chance than, say, like, you know, some of those LeBron teams the second time around in Cleveland where they were going up against Golden State. But we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. It's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. But in the meantime, everybody, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Just sit back and enjoy it because there's a lot of stars in the NBA. It's been very exciting. It's been very exciting. So I'm glad I got to share that with you guys. Uh, I will be watching Kentucky this weekend. I'm going to watch the Bears on Sunday. Uh, the Heat play the Knicks tonight. Interesting times. We got some stuff going on in the offseason right now. There's news trickling out here and there about baseball free agent signings. I'm guessing some trades will start to happen here pretty soon all, all throughout uh, the end of December and then later into January you'll start hearing more trades we'll see if Chris Bryant gets traded but I'm glad we got to have this pod try to get one out next week I know Anton has started a new job so our schedules are a little conflicting right now we'll have to kind of figure out a different way to get you guys these podcasts but thank you all for joining me on this episode uh, and hearing my misery and also what's bringing me joy so thank you for joining me on this episode of Balls Don't Lie, where the balls bounce, roll, and fly, but they damn sure don't lie, and neither do I, and neither does that Anton guy. Later, dudes.